everybody. Welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is November 20th. Just a quick reminder before we jump into the scriptures today. Today at 11 o'clock, President Nelson is going to be sharing a message with the world, a message of hope and of healing. And so I invite you to listen or watch that today and feel the power and the peace that comes with having a prophet of God on the earth today. Okay, so today we're going to go into Ether chapter 10. Now, in Ether chapter 10, there's a man named Morianton who gathers an army, does battle, and uh, becomes the king over all the land. And in verse 10, it says, He did ease the burden of the people by which he did gain favor in the eyes of the people, and they did anoint him to be their king. So just based off of that, he sounds like he was a great king. He lessened the burden. He helped the people. He was trying to serve and lift and build. But let's take a look at what the very next verse says about him. It says, And he did do justice unto the people, but not unto himself, because of his many whoredoms, wherefore he was cut off from the presence of the Lord. So he served and blessed and lifted his people, But he did no favors to himself because of his own wickedness and his own refusal to repent and come unto Christ. In his book, We Will Prove Them Herewith, Elder Maxwell once said, In some respects, it is easier to govern a whole people than oneself. Now, I love that idea because that is exactly what happens here with Morianton. He is able to govern a huge group of people, and he's able to gain their love and their respect by lessening their burden by doing everything that he could for them. However, he was not able to govern himself. He was not able to pull himself out of wickedness, to repent, to come unto Christ, and to do the things that he needed to do in order to become more like our Father in heaven. And that lack of self-government, that lack of self-control or self-discipline led him to a path of wickedness. And that's something that you and I have to really watch out for, especially in the world that we live in today. We live in a world that teaches selfishness or teaches watch out for yourself or your needs or your wants. We live in a world that teaches live your truth as if there are multiple truths that we can choose from. And that simply isn't the case. There is one eternal truth. And we need to live that truth. But we can't live that truth without that ability to self-govern and to have self-control and self-discipline. Now, I'm not going to lie. I am awful at this. But I think that this is an area that I can work on. And I think that it's an area that everyone in some way or another needs to work on. Nephi teaches us about the importance of being able to govern ourselves and our lives through being spiritually minded. In 2 Nephi 9.39, he says, O my beloved brethren, remember the awfulness in transgressing against that holy God, and also the awfulness of yielding to the enticings of that cunning one. Remember, to be carnally minded is death, and to be spiritually minded is life eternal. So by giving into the carnal mind, by giving into the way that the world thinks, that is death. But to be spiritually minded and to yield not to the enticings of the cunning one, but to yield to the enticings of the Holy Spirit is how we then gain that greater self-government. We learn more about how to do that in Mosiah chapter 3. Verse 19 says, For the natural man 
is an enemy to God, and has been from the fall of Adam, and will be forever, unless he yields to the enticings of the Holy Spirit, and putteth off the natural man, and becometh a saint through the atonement of Christ the Lord, and becometh as a child, submissive, meek, humble, patient, full of love, willing to submit to all things which the Lord seeth fit to inflict upon him, even as a child doth submit to his father. So this natural man, this man who's completely governed by the carnal mind, by the worldly things, is an enemy to God. And the only way that we can overcome that natural man, the only way that we can overcome that tendency to give in to the worldly thoughts or the worldly desires is by yielding to the enticings of the Holy Spirit, by using the atonement of Jesus Christ to become as a child and to become submissive and humble and patient and full of love, willing to submit all things to the Father. My friends, truly, that verse holds the keys of how to govern ourselves, how to not just govern a huge group of people, which Morianton did great, but more importantly, how to control our own selves, our own wants, our own desires, so that we can become more like the Savior. The part of that verse in Mosiah chapter 3 that I think is most important, that sometimes I think we overlook, is it says that we can put off our natural man and become a saint through the atonement of Jesus Christ. So often I feel like we talk about changing and becoming better and putting off the natural man and self-governing. And we think that we just have to, with all our grit and willpower and might, will ourselves into becoming better people or force ourselves into becoming more Christ-like or will ourselves into obedience or change. And my friends, that is not how it works. And I've got news for you. That's not how our Heavenly Father intended it to work. He never intended us to perfect ourselves through grit and willpower. He intended for us to be perfected by Christ. He intended us to be humble and submissive, to recognize that we cannot change and become who we need to be on our own. God's plan was always for the atonement of Jesus Christ to change us. God's plan was always for our Savior and His grace to make us better, day by day, little by little, piece by piece, better through the atonement of Jesus Christ. Now, sure, we have to exercise self-control. We have to exercise that self-discipline. We have to try. But all the trying in the world is not going to be enough without the Savior, without his atonement, and without his grace. Elder Christofferson said, The societies in which many of us live have, for more than a generation, failed to foster moral discipline. They have taught that truth is relative and that everyone decides for himself or herself what is right. Concepts such as sin and wrong have been condemned as value judgments. As the Lord describes it, every man walketh in his own way and after the image of his own God. By moral discipline, I mean self-discipline based on moral standards. Moral discipline is the consistent exercise of agency to choose the right because it is right, even when it is hard. It rejects the self-absorbed life 
in favor of developing character worthy of respect and true greatness through Christ-like service. The root of the word discipline is shared by the word disciple, suggesting to the mind the fact that conformity to the example of the teachings of Jesus Christ is the ideal discipline that, coupled with his grace, forms a virtuous and morally excellent person. My friends, did you catch that? That as we do everything that we can, as we reject the self-absorbed, as we choose right because it's right, even when it's hard, as we strive to become like Christ, when we couple that with his grace, that is when true change, true discipleship, true self-government happens. It doesn't happen on our own. It doesn't happen through our grit and willpower. It doesn't happen because we want it really bad. It happens because we work. It happens because we do everything that we can, because we desire to be like Christ. And then his grace makes us more. His grace changes our hearts. His grace transforms our discipline into true discipleship. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.